Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. As the market gets saturated, there are two ways to do it. One is you look for blue oceans in the current marketplace with the current product and service you have. Or you look for blue oceans in the marketplace for other products and services that are emerging. As a loyal Best Ever listener, you know that it's important that we as entrepreneurs focus on managing our time effectively, which is why we're always looking for ways to automate the basic duties of our business so that we can focus more time on our money-making activities. That's why I want to introduce you to Rentler.com. At Rentler, landlords and property managers can perform all their duties in one place. Rentler offers tools that allow you to automate tasks like listing a unit for rent, finding and screening tenants, collecting rent, and managing the maintenance requests. And even better, these tools are offered at zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever to get started today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. With us today, Matthew Pollard. How you doing, Matthew? I'm doing great, mate. Thanks for having me on. Longest running podcast. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, over 1,300 episodes every single day for the last 1,300 plus days. A little bit about Matthew. He is... Known as someone who can create rapid growth for your business. He has done the same thing for his businesses. He's responsible for five multi-million dollar businesses. He's also the author of The Introvert's Edge, which can be found on Audible as well as Amazon. And he's going to be talking to us about three ways to rapidly grow our businesses as real estate investors. We are certainly entrepreneurs who are looking to grow our businesses, and because we are having this conversation on a Sunday, this is a special segment of the show, Skill Set Sunday. So the skill that you're going to come away with from our conversation is how to rapidly grow our entrepreneurial businesses, which happen to be in real estate. So Matthew, what's the best approach for our conversation? Yeah, sure. In regards to starting this conversation, I think the best way to look at this is, well, really twofold. People that are really in investment in real estate, there are two ways we generally monetize that, right? So if we're just getting started, generally having our own business is the best way to create the revenue that we need or the capital that we need to create a real estate portfolio. And then 
we need to be able to market our real estate portfolio. So I think we can really take it into two different angles at the same time, which is regardless of which business we're in, how do we rapidly grow our business? And what I always look at is most business owners generally have really strong functional skills, but what they generally lack is having that strong differentiated message that separates them from everyone else and understanding of who their niche is, who their ideal customer is, that guy or girl that's going to rally to their cause, and then a sales system that actually works. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes sense. Okay. So a unique value proposition, know who your customer is, and then have a sales system that works. Exactly right. Okay. I like it. So before we dive into each of these three, tell us a little bit more about your track record and what you've done just to set the stage for your accomplishments so that we can then learn a little bit more about who is talking to us about how to grow our business. Yeah, sure. I think the best way to do that is not just to talk about what I've achieved, but really where I've come from. See, a lot of people that see me speak, I mean, I'm speaking at Microsoft Inspire in July. I'm a featured speaker, 18,000 people in the audience that'll be seeing me speak from stage. And they're going to go, that guy's an extrovert. That guy's just got that natural gift of the gab. It's actually not true. So when I was in late high school, I had a reading speed of a sixth grader. I was horribly introverted. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I really took a job at a real estate agency to be in the back office of that agency for about a year to not be the person out selling, but be the guy in the back doing the data entry, trying to find myself for a year. School got in the top 20% of my state, but it was really difficult. It took every bit of energy I had to succeed. And I just wanted that year off to really figure it out what I was wanting to do. And about three weeks into that job, my boss comes up to me and says, Matt, I've got some really bad news. The company's been shut down and you're out of a job. So this was three weeks that I'd been working there and it was just before Christmas. And unlike the United States who go on Christmas and they have Thanksgiving and it's winter time, it's our Christmas and our summer break at the same time. People go on holidays from the 20th of December to the 15th to 20th of January. So the only job I could really get at the time, because no one's hiring at that time, was commission-only sales. I don't care. My manager used to say, we throw mud up against the wall and we see what sticks. And that sounds great until you realize you're the mud, right? (laughs) Right. So my manager put me into a training and five days of product training I got and not a single second of sales training. And I got thrown on this road, which is really over a thousand retail stores on both sides. And I got told to go and sell. And I went to walk into the first door and I made that realization. No one really taught me how to sell, right? So... I took a deep breath. I walked in and I was politely told to leave. And very shortly after that, I was less politely told to get a real job. And then I was sworn at and 93 doors it took me of that to get my first sale. And I remember I was ecstatic, really. I I made my first sale. I made about $70 and I was ecstatic for about 45 seconds, really. And so I had that realization, I got to do this again tomorrow, the next day, and every day for the rest of the year. That just really wasn't okay. So I needed to find another way, but I had a reading speed of a sixth grader, so I couldn't exactly pick up a Brian Tracy or a Zig Ziglar book. So what I did gravitate to was YouTube was just becoming popular at that time and might surprise people to know there's more there than just cat videos, right? So I learned the steps of the sale. I learned the system of the sale. And every day I went out and practiced that. And I went from 93 doors to 72 to 48 to 12 to three. Within the space of about six weeks, my manager called me in and he actually said, Matt, I'm actually blown away by this, but I just got our monthly report and you're the number one salesperson in the company, which just happened to be the largest sales and marketing company in the Southern Hemisphere, thousands of salespeople. 
it took about six weeks. Fast forward a few more years, I was promoted seven times. I went into business for myself about a year later. Uh, three years later, we were the number one brokership for business-to-business cell phones in the country. It was a, turned over $4.2 million in year three. And you know, fast forward a few more years, I'd been responsible for five multi-million dollar success stories before my 30th birthday. And then I moved to the United States, wrote The Introvert's Edge, and I've been helping business owners ever since. So the five multi-million dollar businesses, are those five that you founded or those five that you consulted on? Ones that I founded. So the first one was in telecommunications. So that was most people, I think, when they leave or go into business for themselves, they generally gravitate to the thing they've always known. And telecommunications was what I've always known. So that's what I gravitated to. From there, I moved into electricity and then I actually moved into coaching and then into education. And then my commercial real estate has always been one of the other ones that I've really been heavily involved with. Got it. And each of those five had revenue of over a million dollars? Correct. With each of those five, do you currently own each of them still? No. I predominantly only focus now on, well, commercial real estate and also my education business. Okay. With the telecommunication and the electricity businesses, what happened to those two? With the education business, we were following a government funding trend. So when the funding ran out, we slowly wound that down. And in telecommunications, we did pretty much the same thing. Got it. So you rode the wave until the wave was no more, and then you said, we'll move on to something else. One of the things I specialize in is finding great ways to monetize specific markets for the right period of time. What are some things you look for in order to do that? And I know that's a general question, so if you want to use one of these examples, feel free to do so. One of the things that I look for is an unmet need or a currently unserviced niche in the marketplace in a highly established, almost saturated market. What I mean by that is that when you're talking about a marketplace like telecommunications, one would assume that the market was pretty saturated. We were a market of 22 million people. And the marketplace was crazily saturated, except there was a whole market of small business owners where the market was just being moved offshore for customer service. And these people were screaming out for additional support. It's great to save money on your telecommunications, but if something goes wrong on your phone and there's no one there to support you, that's horrific, right? You're losing more money than you've saved. So what we did is we launched with an independent brokerage where you could really go with any company. But if you were focused on saving money, but also wanted the service back, we would service you no matter which company you went with. Mm-hmm. And education is another great example. When we were looking at the marketplace, there were really two marketplaces, right? There were groups of clients that were in the market to do postgraduate qualifications. They already had a degree. And those people were looking for more prestigious schools where they could leverage that qualification for a long period of time. Then you have the marketplace of people that were high school leavers, didn't get the grades that they were looking for, and they needed to go and do a qualification somewhere else to get the grades that they needed to get into the school that they really wanted to get into. Both of those markets are highly competitive and really tough. But what we discovered was there was this whole market of tradespeople, and tradespeople 
they really had an interesting track record. So they left school generally about the age of 16. Most people in real estate would know this, in commercial investing especially. These people generally leave school at the age of 16. They either highly entrepreneurial or they struggle with school. They go into an apprenticeship and they generally learn how to do what they do through sarcasm and aggression from their bosses. And then eventually they end up the best at what they can do. And they then look around, they're like, well, everyone else here is making the same sort of money as I am. Why would I bother with this? I may as well go into business for myself. So then they do and they start to get some clients. Then they hire staff and the staff aren't performing and they're not great at managing staff because they learn through sarcasm and aggression. So they do the same thing for that group of people that they've hired. Mm -hmm. So now they're not making money. Their staff aren't performing. Their systems and processes are horrible. Their customers are upset. They need help, but they couldn't afford business coaching, which is the help they wanted, but they hated school. They had this view of if you can't do, you teach. So what they did was they were looking for an answer and we launched with business coaching at a price you can afford. And what we did is we ran our classes like a mastermind. Yep. Business coaches ran the classes. And what we did find is at that time, when we were researching the market, we were going through the global financial crisis and the government was incentivizing training. So it wasn't free training, but it was incentivized by the government. So what we did was we launched into that marketplace with business coaching at a price you can afford and we targeted business owners that worked on a trade site, plumbers, electricians, tilers, that sort of thing. We took on three and a half thousand clients within the space of three years. It's a lot of people. It was a lot of people. It was a very busy time. <laughs> and it was a very busy time as you just said past tense. So why isn't it still a very busy time? Well, we focused on the trade demographic during that government funding burst. Okay. One of the things that's important with business is to always be looking at the marketplace and how it's transforming. And as the market gets saturated, there are two ways to do it. One is you look for blue oceans in the current marketplace with the current product and service you have, or you look for blue oceans in the marketplace for other products and services that are emerging. That's mm -hmm. always been what I do. So for me, it's how do I apply my sales and marketing skill set to different markets over time. Now that's one of the things that I specialize in. I consult and speak all over the world on how to create a unified message that resonates with your true why. Because one of the things that I've learned over time is I can create rapid growth out of anything, but there's nothing worse than a rapid growth company with customers you can't stand or a business you don't like working within. Right. What I now do is in the past, I looked at marketing the way a lot of people look at marketing and it's find the need in the marketplace create a message for that market, then create the sales system. Bang, you've got a rapid growth business. The problem with that is then you may be in a niche market you don't enjoy. So what I structure my branding around and what I do now is it's really about discovering what you're passionate about, what your purpose is, and then looking for the need in the marketplace in the global economy that where you can drive your ideal clients to you. And then you create the sales system around that. What that means is that you end up owning a business that's completely aligned with what you're passionate about, what your purpose in life is, which means that's a business you want to be in forever. And as long as there's unmet needs in the marketplace, which there always is, and this was one of the big shifts for me, is in the past, I was a offline salesperson. So direct sales, tally marketing, that sort of thing. When I moved to the United States, I went online and I had to become a student of it. I mean, I didn't even know how to change the word the to the word they on a website. 
Nine months later, I was an internationally award-winning blogger and Mr. Bayevan Carmichael is one of the most retweeted business coaches on Twitter. So I learned the potential of the online marketplace. And what I realized is that so many people in business trade in what they're passionate about for what's practical or a marketplace, this shiny object that they can see. And that's what I did for a lot of my life. So for me, I was always looking for that shiny object that I could make money out of for the short term. And what I realized is you can make a lot more money and be in love with what you do for the long term if you focus on what you're passionate about, get your branding right, and look at the unmet needs in the global marketplace to monetize it that way. It's beautiful. Completely agree. There's so much opportunity out there, and everyone's world-class at something, whether they recognize that or not. And the key is to identify where those skills can be applied to then build the business and have long-term sustainable success, right? Well, this is what I found. My first business, I created that because I wanted to prove everyone else wrong. I had a reading speed of a sixth grade, a horrible acne, and all of a sudden I started to do good. And then I kept getting promoted. But because I was in sales, every time I got promoted, I actually took a pay cut until I started to make money off all those people that were underneath me. And then they'd promote me again. So I went to my manager and said, look, I used to make a ridiculous income just selling. Now I've got all these responsibilities and I keep taking a pay cut for a short term to step up you're going to have to give me a base. And my manager said, Matt, at your age, this salary is huge, right? This is the best you're ever going to do. And that upset me. And I went on the march to prove him wrong. But three years later, the business turned over $4.2 million, but I was miserable. I won a Young Achiever Award. And I was like, if this is as good as it gets, I don't want this life. So I looked for a different way to monetize. And I continued down that journey. And here was my realization. People inherit their goals from their mother, their father, their drunk roommate they had in college. They hear these goals and go, yes, that's what I want to charge towards. And they either struggle to muster that energy to excel at that, or they get there and they're like, wow, this wasn't as good as what I thought it was, and then become disengaged. What I realized is that's why people tend to jump from shiny object to shiny object, and I was exactly like that. And then what I realized is that if I can focus on I'm passionate about what my whys were, and to be honest with you, I had to really think about that because for the longest time, I really did trade that in for practicality or the shiny object. And as soon as I realized what I was passionate about doing, which was looking at somebody's business, coming back to looking at what they were passionate about, creating a message around that, discovering an unmet need in the marketplace where they could create exponential growth and then create the sales system, And then I made the decision to focus purely on that. Well, since then, my business has just absolutely exploded. And I now get to help everybody do what I absolutely love. Where in the past, I get to about 12 months in and I was bored because my talents weren't being utilized anymore. Mm -hmm. So practically speaking now, kind of bringing this all full circle, the three ways to rapid growth, it sounds like there's three, but then there's an underlying foundation that needs to be established. And that's identifying what you're passionate about, the why, and then it's unique value prop, knowing the customer and then the sales process. Is that accurate? Yeah, definitely. So if you want to frame this right, and I think we've got a few minutes left, so I can elucidate with an actual real case study, if that's helpful for you. Yep. I had a client out of California. Her her name was Wendy. She was a language coach. She taught kids and adults Mandarin. And she comes to me and she says to me, she's like, Matt, you know, I'm really struggling. You know, I used to make $50 to $80 an hour to teach Mandarin. Now there's all these people moving into the city and they're willing to charge $30 to $40 
$1,000 an hour to get their first clients doing exactly what I do. Not only that, she had to deal with people advertising from China on Craigslist at $12 an hour. And then she had to deal with, thanks to our friends in Silicon Valley, people saying, oh, I'll teach you Chinese, you teach me English. And there's now platforms where they just exchange time. So she was losing her current clients. She was struggling to get new clients. And she said, Matt, can you teach me how to sell better to be able to get rapid growth? And I said, Wendy, what I want you to do is I want you to avoid the battle altogether. So what we did is we looked at all the clients she worked with, and there were two people specifically. These were executives being relocated across to China. And she helped them understand these three things. The first one was this concept called Galaxy. Now, I know that to us means out of space, but over there, it's their version of rapport. If I was going to sit down and try and sell you something, I would sit down and have one meeting with you in the Western world, maybe 30 to 45 minutes later. If I was a bad salesperson, I'd say, do you want to move forward? And you would say, yes, no, or everyone's favorite. Let me think about it. If I called you back next week and you said, yes, totally want to go forward, great. If you still said you wanted to think about it, I know my chances of getting that sale are going down and down. Well, in China, they're going to want to meet with you five or six times. They're probably going to want to see you drunk over karaoke once or twice. That's just the kind of character they are because they're not talking transactional 12 or 24 month deals. They're talking about 50 to 100 year contracts. It's longer than a lot of people's lifetimes. So as a result, they want to know the kind of person they're getting into bed with. The second thing she helped them understand is the difference between e-commerce in China and e-commerce in the Western world. And the third thing she helped them understand was the importance of respect. It's like when somebody hands you a business card here, we just grab it, throw it in our pocket and continue the conversation. I just spoke at Electrolux, 150 vice presidents, all commanding over a thousand to 2000 staff. And when they get my card, they hold it, they cherish it. They look at all the detail on the front. They look at all the detail on the back, pull out a card case, slot it in, then bow and continue the conversation. Anything less than that's considered disrespectful. You're not going to be doing business with them. And I said, Wendy, you're doing so much more for these people than just private language tuition. What are you doing? She said, well, I'm just trying to help. And I said, Wendy, you're stuck in your functional skill. Is it fair to assume as a result of this assistance, these people are going to be more successful in China? And she's like, well, yeah, that's the point. And I said, great. So why don't we call you the China success coach? Instead of focusing on teaching Mandarin because the price tag battle to the bottom, why don't we create the China success intensive, which became a five-week program that worked with the executive, the spouse, and any children to be relocated across to China. And she said, well, that sounds great, but who would I sell it to? I said, well, who do you think your ideal customer would be? She said, well, obviously the executive. I said, well, yeah, the executives are terrified. I mean, I moved from Australia to America and I was terrified and people here speak the same language, but no, not your ideal customer. She said, well, then obviously the organization would pay. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, they've got tens, hundreds, if not millions of dollars riding on the fact that these executives are successful, but still not your ideal customer. Well, she said, well, who then? I said, your ideal client to me would be the immigration attorney. Think about it. If anybody that needs to go to China needs a visa. So these people that do these visas charge between five to $7,000, but after all the paperwork, all the bureaucracy, cost of acquisition, they'd be lucky to make about $3,000. So offer them $3,000 for any successful introduction. She reached out to them and they were ecstatic with this. I and mean, that was almost double their profit. They were like, well, what do I have to say? She said, simple. All you've got to say is congratulations, you've now got your visa. Now, I just want to double check you're as ready as possible to be relocated across to China. And they'd say, we've got our visa organized. We've got our place sorted. We've learned the language. Kids are getting pretty good at it too. I think we're set. And they just respond with, there's a lot more to it than that. I think you need to speak to the China success coach. Wendy would then get on the phone with this easy sale because they were terrified. The company was financially motivated to make sure they were successful. And Wendy got to charge $30,000 for this private 
intensive program instead of struggling every day to make 50 to $80 an hour. That's the power of a rapid growth system. See, if Wendy had started with sales, she would have already lost, but looking at the skill set she had above and beyond her functional skill, these were the things that she was passionate about. By doing that and saying, well, I help people with Galaxy e-commerce and respect, and then asking themselves, what's the higher level benefit of that, which was China's success, that's what created rapid growth. For me, I'm a branding expert, I'm a social media strategist, I'm a sales systemization specialist, I'm a master in NLP, I'm a business coach, I'm too many things, nobody cares. But when I say I'm the rapid growth guy, I help organizations large and small obtain rapid growth, the simplicity of that message gets me heard in a crowded marketplace. Great stuff. I love that example. It reminds me of the question, what business are you really in versus what you think you're in? And as that example illustrated, she was not in the business of teaching a language, but rather she was in a business of setting them up for success for their journey. And then the key there also was the immigration attorney, where you've got alignment of interests with the sales funnel, where you've got people sending you leads who want to send you leads and are a gatekeeper or someone that has a high degree of influence on a lot of people who are in her target audience. You're exactly right. What we really looked at is China's success was the message. The niche was executives being relocated to China and the sales system was using a joint venture with immigration attorneys. And that's what a lot of people don't look at. And they always think I've got this functional skill. Now I need to bend myself to the market, especially in service provider businesses. That makes you feel incongruent, inauthentic. It's why a lot of people suck at sales. Because if you can tap into, and this is what I learned, if you can tap into what you're truly passionate about, you can have this avalanche of energy always to share with your ideal clients. And that's what gets you more market share than ever. But I did this just to track back to what you were talking about, about this one step that's earlier than that. One of the things I did, and I did this at the National Freelance Conference recently, is I went through this five-step process to crafting a unified message and discovering your niche of willing to buy clients. And it really was. It's a five-step process, and it's not something that I sell. It's something that I give away. People can get that at matthewpollard.com forward slash growth. And for 45 minutes, we went through this worksheet. And at the end, I said, now put your hands up if you now have a strong unified message that separates you from everybody else and you feel more comfortable sharing with your client base and a great understanding of who your ideal customer demographic is. About 95% of the room put their hands up. Now, what's sad about this, though, is about 82, 83% of the room kept their hands up when I said, now keep your hands up if this is the most time you've ever spent on marketing, which is terrible. I mean, that's 45 minutes, right? Now, what I discovered, though, is the group of people that struggled were the people that couldn't make the decision on step three, which specific demographic to choose. And what happened is they'd been trading in what they were passionate about for what was practical so long, they weren't even connected to what they were passionate about anymore. So for the people that are in that part of the process, I've actually created a podcast called Better Business Coach Podcast. And one of the segments is, it's episode 17, it's called Forget About Goals, Why is the Key to Success? And it will help you reacquaint yourself with what your passion, what your whys and what your drivers are. And then if you go to matthewpollard.com forward slash growth and do that worksheet, then you'll be able to really congruently discover your niche of willing to buy clients and the message that's going to resonate and excite them to want to know more about you. Matthew, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for talking about the three ways to rapid growth, the underlying foundation that's required in order to be sustainable over a period of time, as well as case studies to go along with that example. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. 
Cheers, mate. You looking for a one-stop landlording software that helps you create listings, find and screen tenants, and accept rental payments while managing maintenance requests? Oh, by the way, it's zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever. Looking to build a predictable and duplicatable real estate investing business? Do over 100 flips a year, whether it's flipping or wholesaling, experience a difference with the ultimate real estate investing course now, and also get a free strategy session with Dylan. He's been a guest in the podcast before. You can use the code JOE20 for 20% off. Everything you need to know in one course, go to www.theultimaterealestateinvestingcourse.com.